Hello everyone and welcome back to Behind the Screen here on 88.9 The Bridge. My name is Quinn Haba. I'm Matthew Pingallo. And ho ho ho! I'm Santa! Santa, Santa, get out of here. We need Andrew back. Uh, We're actually going to start off with a riddle today. You have a three-gallon jug and a five-gallon jug of water. You have unlimited water in a fountain. You have to fill one of them with exactly four gallons. And if you overfill it or underfill it, by even half a gram, or whatever the unit yep. is, then you uh, you lose your life. Uh huh. How do you do it? That's just what we're gonna start off with. Oh ho ho! Well, because I'm Santa. Santa. Drink. <laughs> do you guys know the answer? Um, well, because you know, Matthew, I'm. It's been a while since I I watched that scene, so. Santa. I can't Santa drinks milk. So yeah. that is the Thank reason. You, okay, that's <laughs> um, actually no, I... from. If you guys didn't know this, that riddle's from Die Hard 3, which is actually Die what Hard we'll be talking Vengeance. about today. The entire Die Hard series. And we'll go back to that riddle later on to later on this episode. Oh, not? You're not even going to tell us? You're just going to leave us, like, no, we'll, no. We'll get pondering? Back to it. We'll get back He's to it. He's giving us a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. So now all okay, the listeners exactly. are like, I gotta know how they solve the riddle. And they'll, they'll listen for half an hour. Mm. <laughs> That's how it works. If you want to know how to solve the riddle, keep listening. Yeah. Or if you're listening on Spotify, you can just skip ahead to whenever it is. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, so Die Hard um, is really a, a revolutionary a- action movie and disputed Christmas movie. Do you guys think it's a Christmas movie, like, honest opinion? The yeah. first one is. After first rewatching is. it, I definitely think it is. Yeah. The first one is. I And the second. It definitely gives a very solid argument for being a Christmas movie. Um Except for the fact that or it came out in on June, I think June seventeenth. So that's like in the middle of summer. So why do you think a Christmas movie would have come out in June? Um, I don't think they really planned that through. They, I think they might have. I don't know how <laughs> early in like, advance movies let's, film. Let's get it out. But I feel like at least six months is, or definitely over six months. But maybe they filmed it in November, December. And they had, like, snow on all the film sets. So they thought, like, okay, let's just make it Christmas theme. Mm-hmm. And, but they didn't really think about when they would release it in July, how that would play into effect. Yeah. But... Nothing better than a June Christmas. Exactly. <laughs> well, when did other Christmas movies come out? I mean, typically Christmas movies come out... October, in... November. Yeah. In the last couple months of the year. So it corresponds with Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, I, I I think it when it first came out, it probably wasn't, you know, like this is a Christmas movie, right? It's not like Santa comes and gives everyone milk and cookies, but right. Um, yeah. So we had the task of watching different diehards. I watched the first and the second. Matthew watched one, two, three. And mm-hmm. Matt and Quinn watched one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> not like or all, four. Not no, I didn't. I've seen all five, but I didn't watch them just, all. Like yeah, yeah I didn't. I didn't watch one this weekend. I, I watched it a while ago. Though. I rewatched the first one because I thought that was that was really the most important. I rewatched one and two. Yeah. yeah. So we all have different um, different sets of knowledge. Um, this Kuna said in the past that this is one of his favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, Quinn, just this week we decided to talk about the ultimate Christmas movie. 
yeah. that that's debatable, but um, many people think it is one of the best Christmas movies of all time. Yeah, and, I mean, and more than that, just just overall a really fantastic action film. It was a very uh, influential kind of uh, foundation for a a certain genre of action movies that. Uh, became very very popular after Die Hard, mm-hmm. um, and so basically every movie that you've seen, where there is like one like the main character basically has to single-handedly, um, you know, stop the the force of evil, whether it be um, a crew of bad guys or just one bad, you know, blah blah blah. Um, Die Hard was was one of the first, if not the first action movie to encompass that um that type of plot mm-hmm. and, yeah. and since then that that's become like one of one of the baseline action movie plots so quinn so first of all spoiler alert for yeah. all of it if you so quinn take it, which i'm guessing most of our viewers have not if you're under the age of like 25 you probably haven't <laughs> seen die hard which is unfortunate you, you think, should definitely watch do you Die think, Hard. No, I think no, I think under the age of thirteen. Have. I think fourteen is yeah. the start. Yeah, I, I think I think most like parents will show their kids because it's the first I mean, one is is holds up with other big you know, the first one definitely holds up with other big movie titles. Yeah. Um. So mm-hmm. and I think at some point someone's seen it or at least knows how it works. But if you don't, spoilers ahead. Quinn, what happens? What, what what happens in the first... Like, who's the character? Right. So what's the, our scene? What's happening? The plot. Um, you have John You're talking McClane. about number one? Yeah, like number one. Number yeah. one. I, I mean, basically the whole the whole thing. But <laughs> yeah. But, but basically we're, we're, just we're, the character. We'll yeah, so, so John McClane, played by Bruce Willis, um, he is a New York cop. And in the first movie, he flies to Los Angeles to try to kind of... Um, is it... Recon- Wait, like, is he an L.A. cop or New no, York? He's a New York, a New York cop. cop. Uh, for, the, for, for Christmas, he flies to L.A. where his wife and kids are living because they had kind of a falling out, and he wants to go and, um, you know, reconnect with his family. And he goes to his wife's office Christmas party at Nakatomi Plaza um, in Los Angeles. And while he's there, um, German terrorists seize the building um, – and they're trying to steal negotiable bearer bonds worth like $600 million. And when the terrorists arrive, John McClane is like in a different room. And so the terrorists don't know he's there. So he's able to kind of uh, quickly escape. And then the plot progresses, you know, he saves the day. But his character, he, he's basically this uh, sarcastic kind of dark humored guy. Um, street smart guy and he he's a determined like morally correct dude so kind of your your normal um action hero yeah but he's very human like he the movie is very clear about the kind of flaws he has um like the dude he makes his family really mad um there's a line in the movie where his wife says that only john can drive someone that crazy and uh so that's one of the reasons why John McClane becomes such a important character is because of uh, all of his uh, his flaws. He becomes a very relatable and likable character because um, we feel sympathy for the guy and uh, 
we see him overcoming these flaws, and we're like, you go, dude. Exactly. So yeah, that's basically John McClane right there. A lot yeah. of his scenes, though. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Matthew. Um, I will say a lot of his scenes, despite him being such a human guy, he's kind of like James Bond with uh-huh. a lot of his scenes. Like, that's not really possible with what he does. <laughs> but I, I think they did a pretty good job of making him as humane as possible while also defeating, you know, like 20 or it's like 15 terrorists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they did a really good job of that, like keeping him, you know, he wasn't like totally like had like superpowers, but he also wasn't. Because, like, not an average human, no human could actually pull that off, especially New York mm, cop. Besides I mean, John McClane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why John McClane is so cool, is because he's the only one that could do it. Um, what else were you going to We lost Matthew. <laughs> so, dead. I, I think um, part, some of the reasons what makes... Um, the first movie so good is um, at least compared to the others, and I'll I'll start with the first one. Um, I think the first one has um, amazing amazing characters. Um, oh, what what's the kid who who drives um, the limo? Argot. Uh, Argot, yeah. Um, he he's hilarious. Uh-huh. Um, his his entire <laughs> thing of you know going going um, you know there and then having going, um yeah. you know going to the building and then staying and then you know listening to loud music and waiting um it is is really funny and um his whole um relationship um is is really good and then also just with um i i think the the chemistry between actors and characters is is hard to beat in the movie um, from the terror, you know, the terrorists do a good job of making you mad. Um, I-, I think it's just like such a good, um, such good characters that, that really, you know, know what they're saying. And there isn't a moment where, um, I kind of thought like, you know, this is like, you know, what is this character doing? Like all, all of their, um, everything they're doing felt intentional. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, with other movies in its genre, they can make a lot of um, more pointless decisions to kind of just further the plot. And I think this movie was really well thought out of. What do you guys think of uh, John McClane and um, the cop? I forget his name. I love the cop. Yeah, yeah the, I forgot his name also. I was going to that who, up. Who he's, he's talking to throughout the movie. Uh, oh, yes. On the radio. Mm-hmm. He's great. Yeah. Um, I, I like how they made both of them are just like average cops that yeah. like no one really pays attention to. They're not like CIA agents or like Marines. Like they're literally just regular street cops and they, they end up both saving the day. Sergeant Al Powell. Yeah. 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 He, and again, like that, that, that's what I was saying. Like his relationship where he used to be a, a cop until he accidentally, I think shot a kid um wait what um, john no no the al Al powell the cop yeah oh um yeah and and that that was the reason he's at the desk job and basically you know um mclean was like hey you need to get over this right and and their whole thing with communicating on the radio and him talking to the fbi like you know this is what um john mclean needs to do um you know let him do it i i think shows a lot of character growth because he starts out you know as um 
guy who eats Twinkies and doesn't ever go out to, you know, helping um, John McClane save the, save the day. So, okay. yeah. yeah well they, they, they develop a, like, friendship, you know, over the course of a couple hours and a sort of dependency on one another just so that John McClane can kind of, you know, stay going. Because when he's up in that building all alone, he that uh, Sergeant Powell is, is the only one that he's talking to. He's the only mm-hmm. person that is is telling John that you know you're gonna make it out of there, um, you're gonna be okay. And at the end of the movie, when John McClane comes down from the building after saving everyone, and they see each other, they don't they don't actually know that they are each other, but they do know. <laughs> Just because their their bond has become so strong, and that's exactly. that's a really cool scene. Like, and yeah, and as they walk out, what there's a terrorist like laying on the floor, and he's about ready to kill John McClane. But the officer who hasn't used his weapon ends up, you know, killing the dude. So, and then now now we're he seeing this guy his who character struggle. exactly, exactly, and um, yeah, and I think that's a perfect segue um, to start talking about the second movie mm-hmm. um, where. At least for actually, let, let's take a little step back. Where in the second movie, we only he has like five minutes of screen time. So this uh, good, this good relationship, is seen for a total of five minutes, and that was probably my be- my favorite part. What, and that was the he... most important part of the movie, because he, the cop, um, he is the reason that John found out who those, like, who. So he was getting John was getting shot at at the airport, um, by criminals, and then he ended up killing one. So mm-hmm. he got his fingerprints behind all the police back because they wouldn't listen to him. And then he sent it to he faxed it to, um, Al, and then Al figured out that he was like a German terrorist, and that was so, the most important part of the film because that's terrorists? when the a German terrorist. That <laughs> is when the well, no, he's a CIA agent, former CIA agent. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, well, the guy was. Oh yeah, he's yeah. But it's like a rogue guy, and he he he's calling the shots, but he's not actually. It's the same kind of thing. Like the, the villains in the Die Hard movie are never, the ones, actually like, in the midst of it all. They're just kind of calling the shots. Yeah. Yeah, but and that and is for. Yeah, go ahead, Matthew. Well, that is just once he found John found out who those people were. Um, that is when the police actually started listening to John, and that's when. That like probably saved everybody, because if not, they wouldn't have listened to John, and nothing would have, nothing else would have happened, and they would have, to, everyone would have died. Yeah. So, so actually, um, on that topic, um, one of the major like themes in the Die Hard movies is um, the little guy winning. You know, mm-hmm. John McClane is is he he is just one person, yet he is able to beat the terrorists, and the entire police force and FBI are not. And they're the, mm-hmm. the bigger corporation. Um, you know, there's there's just a ton of examples where, like, the, the, the lower brow solution to a problem ends up being the successful one rather than the high brow. Yeah. Um, and I also think in at least the first and the second movie, we see, like, these FBI, military people who, you know, think they're so big and cool. And then we just have this... Um, kind of normal cop yeah. being able to save the day. And at least in the first two movies that I've seen, um, he wasn't taken seriously. 
which which is one of the biggest problems I had um, in the second movie. Um, quickly, it was that you know after this, it's taken you know in the same world, Christmas Eve again. Um, but that people know, this time. yeah, and people have to know that he he saved the the day in, in the building. Mm-hmm. So I I found it quite infuriating that that we have these people who aren't listening to John McClane. Right, because this is a guy who saved a building and tons of hostages now back in the same situation, and they're not listening to him. I I, I found that highly unrealistic. It's highly unrealistic that did he get a promotion at least on Christmas Eve? Uh, I'm not sure. They didn't. But, they didn't really show that. Yeah, and and that made me mad. And then the other thing, Matthew, is I would argue with you on the fact that you said the most important part was um, the cop um, doing the fingerprints. I thought that it was sad that um, the Al Powell only had five minutes of screen time. Yeah, that was so important. And, 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 and he faxed some information. If he wanted to, he could have talked to any other cop, and they would have done that. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't know the reasons behind they didn't have him. Um, I, I just I felt like that whole relationship could have been thought out more. Um, and it, it was really disappointing to see that he was in it for five minutes and had a really minor role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I think the group consensus that, is that Die Hard 2 is, is worse than, than Die Hard 1, right? Oh, 100%. That brings, that brings back our point of we had a, we had a talk about sequels, I think, like, at least yeah. like a year ago. And we said that sequels are only good if, obviously there's some exception. But they're only good if they were planned. And that clearly was not planned. I don't think they planned to have a Die Hard 2. Um, or 3 or 4 or 5. Or, yeah. And I think that's why. Because they tried to make... I feel like they tried way too hard in this movie. Yeah. To make yeah. it well, John. Because... It had a different director. Did it Did it feel did like it? the same kind of no, movie did, not as Die Hard 1? And, and, and I think in the... Um, right, we have to go on break. But right after this break, I think we should talk about some of the character differences. Okay, we'll be back with Behind Screen in just a few minutes. Hello everyone and welcome back to Behind the Screen here on 88.9 The Bridge. My name is Quinn Hobba. I'm Matthew Pingallo. And I'm Santa Claus. You gotta stop. Old. You gotta <laughs> stop. It got old after the first time. So yeah. we're continuing talking Say your about... Name. What oh, and, and, and I'm Andrew Harrison. Yes. So we're continuing talking about Die Hard. We kind of cover number one. Um, number two, um, we're covering right now, we kind of talked about how um, their differences. And we started talking about um, a main relationship between John McClane and Al Powell, the uh, cop who helped John McCain. Was only seen it's John, in. It's John McClane, not John McCain. <laughs> oh, John <laughs> McCain. Isn't that a yeah. governor? <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, no, in the fourth movie, he, you know, <laughs> passes laws in Congress. Um, no, but um, their, their relationship, I thought, was so great, wasn't even shown. And that was, I thought, a pretty big insult. Um, I think um, the, the other relationships, like the, the cop um, in the airport, I forget his name. Um, the, you know. Oh, the really annoying one? The sneezy New Yorker. Mr. He was Italian? So. Mm-hmm annoying and I, I get they had to make him annoying because in the end you know he rips up the talking the um parking ticket and he's like everything's all good but 
he he ruins it. He was too obnoxious. Yeah. And I've, it, Wait, it was like it was Andrew, like he was a third villain. Andrew, I have to stop you right there. Um, there are two, they're brothers. I didn't know this until they told us at the very end. But there were two really annoying cops. One of them was the parking ticket guy in the beginning. Yeah, the, the parking ticket guy I don't care him. about because we hear him for five minutes. The other one, yeah, the yeah. chief, the chief, and. It, it almost felt like he was against John McClane. Again, it goes back to this guy saved something in the first movie, and now he won't let him do anything. Yeah, it's it's and it's, it's the little guy triumphing over over the big guy. True, but, but he already proved himself, though. That's the thing. So he's not a little guy anymore. Well, but no, they made I think to a sense. He's still little. He's yeah, still little guy. Just because he's it's, it's one. He's one guy. He's his own organization. Okay. But but what what I can't stand is that that this cop sees. You know, in the first 30 minutes, we see, you know, John McClane protects the guy who tries to reroute the um, the antenna so planes can hear. Because now planes are circling because basically in this plot is the airport gets um, hijacked. Um, they have no control no, over the traffic airport. control. Gets okay, just, 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 um, okay, if, if you let me talk for another four seconds, I would have no. explained that. So the airport, um, the frequencies and um, all the lights... Um, for the um, tarmac get shut off, mm-hmm. um, so basically it's kind of like a ransom game, you know, like do this and you know let let this drug dealer land and we won't make any planes crash. Mm-hmm. So and you know that's that's the whole plot. You know they either need to make the planes land or try to get the bad guy. You know get save the day, and it seemed like every step you know they would try something and it would fail, just like you know most movies, but. But the cop and everyone else was just so unrelenting to help. Because we, we saw that John McCain, you know, saved saved people in, like, the first 30 minutes. And it still didn't do it for the cop. The cop got removed from all these, like, you know, intelligent briefings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, they, they went a little overboard with kind of everyone being against John McClane in, in the second one. Um, and in, yeah. if you have a... A, a, a different director it's it's very hard um for the director of the second movie which was different than um john mctiernan who did the first to to you know do a do a very very accurate uh re-representation of uh the whole you know uh character and yeah well john mcclain's character is something that is hard to do perfect every time and so if it's not the same director, you know, there's going to be subtle differences. Mm-hmm. I think in this one, it was too big of differences mm-hmm. for me. I, I think it was, um, I, I don't know. I, I think the, from the first and the second, the tones were different. The first one I felt like was more lighthearted. Tones and different, huh? it, I Again, I think the first one was more lighthearted. It, um, you know, it, it was funny because we had these characters. You know, there's a serious sense to it, right? He had to save the day. But it, it wasn't like, um, I, I don't know, he's kind of a new guy. Uh, there were more jokes, you know, the, the, the more, like, one-liners and, you know, the jokes that, the, um, that they made were funnier than the second one. And I, I just found it overall more appeasing. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I, I thought, you know, funnier, better characters. I think the plot was also better. Um, and by the second one, um, it was like, 
okay, now it's I I felt like it was too serious. Um, I felt like it wasn't very funny, and it was you know something that you know I, when I watch when I watch action movies, I love the action, and I felt like for all the action, the action was underwhelming. They had that one scene where they shot um, the airplanes and stuff, but it, it for an action movie, it felt under action, and for a movie that the last one was funny, it felt under funny. Okay. Those aren't words, but it, it just it felt lacking in every department, yeah. and it just like I think if it if if it didn't have the first one, that movie would have been fine, right? I don't think it would have been awful. I think it would have just been fine. But with already such a good movie, it just low. You know, my standards are high because you know yeah. if they they have the potential to make a movie like that, I think they can at least attempt to make another one. But it, it wasn't close. It wasn't close. Like the first one, I would you know give it a ninety five. In this one, I would give it a 70, Yeah, 65. I mean, we have, to, we have to take into account that we, our standards were so high for the second one because of how good the first one is. Just like with Infinity War and Endgame, you know, we our standards were so high because of how good Infinity War was. Mm-hmm. And, then and Endgame, I think Endgame did a good job. Yeah, and Endgame did, actually did a really good job. Um, as, go, as good as they can, you know, because they couldn't, no one can top, top off how Infinity War did. Same thing here, you can't top off the first one. So our standards and our standards but, were so high. I think they could have done better. I think they could have done miles better. I yeah. think it could have Ooh, been yeah, a yeah. suitable second one. Really so, and, 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 and I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, saying, you know, I want to be second in the better one, but it, it was disappointing. Just as a movie, even a standalone movie, I think trying to not be biased, I think standalone, it, it's underwhelming. It's not bad. Well, it's just it's underwhelming. Standalone, I'd say. I mean, it's it's an entertaining movie, no doubt. Uh, it's it's still, you know, um, in the in the upper percentages of like good, um, but you're right. It's definitely not, you know, to the same caliber as the first one. But it's still a very entertaining action movie, I think. Mm-hmm. And if you felt that way about the second one, Andrew, uh, the third one is a lot. <laughs> Should we start it's talking lot... about the third one? I thought yeah, the third let's one was talk, really let's good. Go into it. So the third one, to me. It literally just felt like a GTA gameplay. Um, wait, wait, wait. For, first of all, does it take place? Um, New York. Uh, um, yeah. I know, but but twenty twenty fourth of December. No. Uh, this one is not no. like Christmas. No, this is like, yeah, I have no idea when it takes place. Maybe October. Okay. After the first well, tell- two diehards, they weren't associated with with Christmas anymore. So the mm-hmm. third one, um, it's actually the plot's really interesting. Um, basically. They get there's like explo- there's like an explosion somewhere in New York, and um, a guy calls the police department and tells them that like he wants John McClane at this street, um, holding up this sign, and then so or else there will be another explosion. So they get John, um, he holds up a really racist sign, um, in front of, like in front of a bunch of people that got mad at him, mm-hmm. and the 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 person that called purposely set it up at that place because he knew he's trying to get john killed um so then john ends up running away from all those from the people that are trying to chase him down they're not even bad guys they're just people that are upset with the sign um samuel jackson tries to like defend him so they both drive away back to the police station where now there's a game of simon says that's going into play where the killer or where the perpetrator just tells him do this by that time or else they're you know you'll get killed or there'll be an explosion. So Do they explain why 
um, the villain played by Jeremy Irons was so mad at John McClane and why he wanted John McClane specifically to be doing all these things. Yeah, so I'm going to spoil it, by the way. Uh, so you have three seconds to log off. Um, the killer, or the person is actually the... Oh, I forget his name. But in the first movie, oh, oh, he's the, the main villain. It's the brother of the main villain. Oh, that's right. That is why. He wants revenge. But he also... He covers it all up. Like, he, it sounds like a revenge plot, but in reality, he's actually stealing gold from the Federal Reserve. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it was that... really, they did a really good job of it, in my opinion. I don't know. It just, like, was super unrealistic because of how similar <laughs> it was to GTA. Like, yeah. John McClane was driving through Central Park, like, on the field. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I thought that movie w- was, like, seriously good. Um, I'm still still not to the same caliber as the original Die Hard, but it 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 certainly lived up to the um, to the name. I'd say they were they were very different, but they were both uh, extremely good. Yeah, I think Samuel Jackson did a great job, also yeah. of just like a normal store owner um, that ended up also saving and, the day. And and Quinn, according to the reviews, um, this one did worse than the um, third. Oh, this one did worse than the first and the second. I'm sorry. I can see people being thinking it's worse than the second. Um, my opinion, I don't think it is, just because they're so different. You know how, like, you said the, you were talking about how the first and second one, they had a lot, like, the second one was too dry, like, the comedy was dry, the action was dry. Uh-huh. The third yeah. one definitely had a ton of action, and yeah. the comedy was probably just as good as the first one. Yeah, John McClane's character really came into its own in this movie because it was like he's dealing with so much stress and he's in his hometown like new york and he his sarcasm and like dark humor it just goes nuts so well what i'm reading is he's divorced and an alcoholic in job that's how he starts out like he he's got nothing to lose he wasn't part of the police department anymore like he was at an all-time low in his life right now just because his wife left him because does that seem feasible the I, fact that I he mean, yeah. he saved the day twice. Sure. This man has got international attention, and now he's divorced and alcoholic and jobless for what? Does he suffer from PTSD or? Well, no. He's just a he's he's a conflicted person, um, and he he's got a lot of personal uh, struggles. That's just his character, mm-hmm. and so he it you know they in the second one. As most sequels do, John McClane, he's got his life back, um, and so they—it's—it's it's not really interesting if they do another movie and John McClane is still, you know, on top of the world, the same character he was in the second. So they're like, let's bring him all the way down, so that he's got nothing to lose. And so, yeah, yeah. And and what I'm reading is that people are saying the critics were. Um, like like way too hard um on them but i i'm also i don't know i i think for some of the characters for um for like i don't know i'm just not sure if i'm sold maybe i because i haven't watched the movie maybe that's part of the reason but maybe i need to watch how john mcclain you know starts off as a divorced alcoholic and jobless because I, I i find that kind of hard to believe i he's think still, if this he's still a very um, likable character though um, even in his his worst state because we know 
how much of an absolute boss he is. Um, That's what I'm saying. Like, an absolute boss goes to divorce an alcoholic. Well, this is six years later, though, Andrew. It's not like the next week. True. No, I, I'm, I'm well aware like, of that. But It takes like, place six years do, later. Do, do we explain what goes wrong? Any backstory uh, on how how he, like, what? So, basically, he said that he explained it in the movie. Him and his wife, they're having, like, a small argument on the phone. Because she lives... She wants him to move back to New York or to LA, but he wants to stay in New York from my understanding, or it's the opposite. Yeah. Um, so they have a small argument and then he had to go and he forgot to call her back. And he decided, he just decided not to call her back. Like after forgetting for a few weeks, so mm-hmm. it, months after months. So they technically, she asked to divorce him, which led him to, you know, alcohol, which is calm, which is like not uncommon in real life. Like people get divorced, like, it's really traumatic sometimes, and they go into drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I, I, I'll, so yeah. I'll I'll allow it. Yeah, but Die Hard Three had had the it it had John McTiernan back who did the first one, and so it it felt a lot more like an actual Die Hard movie uh, because I think John McTiernan is really the only one that uh, can, uh, you know, make John McClane's character to perfection. Because all yeah. the other ones, you know, John McTiernan created the character, and it was really good. And you're just not going to be able to get that same character from from any other director. Did, did he only McTiernan. direct the first one? John first McTiernan did the first and the third. Yeah, okay, I, that and, explains so much. And he's he's um, super. Um, I think he's a great um, a great director. Um, if you've ever seen The Predator. That was him, The Hunt for Red October. That was him, uh, and Die Hard. Both really kind of cool ones. Um, so yeah, but um, yeah, I I I think for the third one, people might be a little too tough on it. But I think if the director is back, there's definitely a chance that it can be so much more better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, I want to talk real quick about the significance of Die Hard. Um, you know, as I said before, it was it was one of the earlier kind of pioneers in uh, a the the modern action movie formula, which I'm just going to call the Die Hard formula. Um, that formula has been, been used over and over excessively and mm-hmm. successfully. It's, it's a great formula. Um, but the reason why I think Die Hard is such an important movie is because it, uh, and I've, I've talked about this extensively on behind the screen, but uh, it it really modernized action movie characters. It made them uh, smarter. It made them more human. It it made them less of a kind of like otherworldly um, person who who we couldn't really relate to. They they were more of just like a complete like superhero rather than just. Yeah an average guy and um this Die Hard wasn't like the first movie to do this exactly indiana jones had done it nine years earlier um but james bond no no james bond Wait. is is not that kind of character because james bond's so? like a god he he does everything flawlessly is i haven't seen the old ones is he just like a like he doesn't get hurt at all or no. anything or faces any problems. James just... Bond doesn't make a mistake. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah well, 
there's a scene in the first Die Hard movie where John McClane is on top of an elevator, um, and he, he's he's writing down the names of the terrorists on his arm, and that scene is when you realize like okay this guy is way smarter than we would expect because no other action movie person has has been like strategic about like you know doing that mm-hmm. not even yeah in, well i mean indiana jones probably would but like arnold schwarzenegger he would not do that arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> well, he's would just also come in guns a blazing and he'd, he'd shoot everyone true that's part of his character though but yeah, yeah. I, I, I see you guys' points. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, we uh, have to end part one here because there's so much to unpack. We will do a part two that'll be on Christmas Wednesday, December 24th, Christmas Eve. Um, mm-hmm. Part two on episodes four or five. And we might try to connect those with the first movie again. Um, now I will answer the riddle of if you have a five-gallon tub of water and a three-gallon tub of water. What you do need you need to make a four-gallon tub of water. What, okay. Exactly. And you can't just, okay. like, you know, dump the... Eyeball it. Yeah, you can't just eyeball it because you will probably die. Okay. So <laughs> what you got to do is you got to fill the five-gallon tub mm-hmm. all the way, dump dump uh, as much as you can to the three-gallon tub, which makes... So you have a three-gallon tub and then a two-gallon tub. Okay. Right? You dump the three-gallon tub, so it's empty, and then you still have the five-gallon tub that has two in it. You dump the remaining two... Or no, let's see. Dude, I'm like so <laughs> wow, actually very, interested. I'm very good at all. Like no, no, no. So then seat. you. Oh shoot! What do you do? I think you dump. Oh, the... you're yeah, dead. You know, no, you, you're you dead. You dump the two gallon <laughs> tub. You dump the two gallon tub inside the three gallon tub. So the three okay. gallon tub now has two gallons. It has one gallon left. Yeah. The five gallon tub is empty. Oh, Matthew oh, just exploded. Matthew we will go back to this next week. No, 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 no. No. Real quick, real quick. They solved this riddle in the movie. This was a riddle. They that, did that, in like that, ten that, seconds. Yeah, that John McClane and Samuel Jackson had to do in Die Hard Three. And like again, that just goes to show how smart of a guy, how like street smarter smart than Matthew and, and intelligent sure. John McClane yeah. is. He's he he he's really a genius. He's not like Einstein genius, but. He's a different kind of genius. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that See, wraps poor... up behind. Oh, sorry, Matthew. No. Me... Do, you, do you have right. the ending? What you got to do is you got to fill up the five-gallon jug. You've told then us Then you pour it into the, the three-gallon jug. Mm-hmm. So you have two gallons in the five-gallon jug. Yes. You pour out the three-gallon jug completely. Okay. Then you pour the two gallons from the five-gallon jug into the three-gallon jug, which is okay. what I said. So and then now two you fill... in the three-gallon jug. Yes. Nope, and keep the... going. Now you fill the five-gallon jug. And pour it into the remaining space of the three-gallon jug. Okay. Which you now have four gallons inside the five-gallon jug. Because the three-gallon jug already had two gallons in it, you it, you only need one more gallon to fill it up. So if the five. So now you have four gallons inside of the five-gallon jug. I think that makes sense. If, if, you, if you want to know more, you can look up Die Hard 3. I'll repeat it um, again. Water jug. No, <laughs> no wait, you, you're so not I will repeat, repeat it again. again. You fill okay, the five-gallon jug. And I have to go. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye, Andrew. All right. You fill the five-gallon jug, then pour it into the three-gallon jug until it's full. Okay, okay, okay wait. I, I got to, like, write this down. So you, okay, fi- fill up five-gallon jug. Then you pour it into the three-gallon jug. Okay. So now there's two gallons left in the five-gallon jug. Okay. You pour out the three-gallon jug completely, so it's empty now. 
Okay. Then you pour the two gallons from the five-gallon jug into the three-gallon jug. Okay, so then you have two in the three. Yes, and nothing else. Okay. Lastly, you fill the five-gallon jug, and then you pour the remaining, or and then you pour it into the remaining space of the three-gallon jug. So you just pour one gallon, okay. um, because then it, it's full now. Now you have four gallons in the five-gallon jug. And that is how we will end this episode of Behind the Screen. Tune in uh, next Wednesday at 5 for part 2 of I'm still the Die confused. Hard series. Okay, never mind. I, I'll just got to rewatch the movie. And I I'm Matthew Pingallo. And I the listeners do that too. Exactly. All right. I'm, I'm Matthew Pingallo. <laughs> See you guys next week. <laughs> Goodbye.